Hello, this is Mary Christopher, and today is Sunday, February the 20th, and this is our Sunday Meditation Podcast. I'm sitting outside, I was sitting in the backyard, um, next to all the trees, and now I'm in the front yard because the neighbors next door uh, turned on their chainsaws. <laughs> so you can imagine what that sounded like on the recording since these mics I use my cell phone my iPhone so you can imagine what that sounded like so I'm in the front yard and there are still plenty of trees so uh, this is uh, kind of a tree meditation day it's gorgeous here uh, I'm sitting partly in the sunshine and the air is like real cool and dry it's like cool and dry and the sun is shining and um, the daffodils in the front yard are blooming it's just gorgeous and you know I, as most of you know I much prefer being outside to being inside so I'm so pleased with this weather. And what I wanted to um, talk about today is what we're working on in class, for one thing, and why we're working on those specific things. Um, and the, the reason that I want to talk about that is that we may be getting to the place with the pandemic, with the, the virus, that uh, we may be able to meet in person again. It may, I mean, not immediately, but that may be on the horizon. So for the last two years, all of my classes have been online and we've done really well with it. I mean, everybody has, you know, shown up and done their work and and it's, I mean, there are people who can't, who reached the point where they just couldn't stand to do any more Zoom. Uh, so, so they were doing their work on their own or checking in once in a while like that. But we may be getting to the place where we can have in-person classes and retreats and workshops and like that, which would be great. Um, and one of the things we were doing before COVID, before the virus kind of took over things, was we were spending part of our class time outside if the weather permitted. And we were doing our meditations outside with trees or we were doing walking meditations or we were doing sunshine meditations actually in sunshine um, and it was everybody was getting used to being outside not everybody loves being outside as much as I do but but everybody was beginning to find that being outside and and doing their meditations outside had a certain very healing and 
uh, sort of stabilizing and uplifting experience to it. So, and this is something that I've known for years. I didn't understand exactly what I knew, um, but I know that I meditate better if I can sit outside. And we all know that that there are prayer gardens and meditation gardens and um, peace gardens everywhere around the world. And the reason that we have those is because people use them to find the peace and the harmony that actually exists in nature. So one of the things that human beings do that animals don't do in general is we project we project fear and disaster or danger okay we project danger onto um, situations or people or animals that may or may not be a threat to us so an example would be that somebody who had an experience with a mean dog when they were small, when they were a small person, and they were really frightened by that particular mean dog, would have a tendency to project that same danger onto any dog that they encountered. And the dog might be not harmful at all. It might be the most wonderful, um, safe, happy, friendly dog in the world, but the person would have projected onto that dog that it was dangerous. So their body, their whole system, would have responded to that perception, that person's perception, or what they were projecting onto that dog. And the result would be that their heart, that person's heart rate would go up, their, they would release a, a cascade of, of hormones and chemicals within their body, so they would be ready to fight or run or freeze, whatever they needed to do, um, if they went, if they actually encountered a threat um, and when it's a perceived threat and it's not actually a threat then it can take us a while to calm down and for those like for our digestion to start up again or our immune system to come back online our heart rate to slow down our breathing to switch um, and humans, we do that. We, like, we could be standing somewhere and waiting for the elevator. And the elevator opens up, and there's somebody in it, and they're shab shabbily dressed. And maybe they haven't shaved for a few days, and they look just kind of funky, right? And, and... Like, we can project onto that person instantly that they're a threat. Or that they might be a threat. Or they could be dangerous. 
and that it can happen without any thought on our part whatsoever and so you know we'd like we take a short breath we're hesitant to get on the elevator um, and the person looks up and kind of smiles and nods I mean they know they're not dressed appropriately for being on a, an elevator in an office building um, and we go ahead we get on the elevator you know our breathing is shallow our hearts racing we've got uh, blood circulating you know to our extremities we're ready to fight or fly or whatever of course it's sort of hard to run anywhere in an elevator and then we get to the floor where we're going um, we get off and head to our appointment and the person gets off with us and they walk into the same series of offices that we do and everybody starts saying, oh, hi, George, how are you? How was your camping trip? Good to see you. Did you have a great time? Right? And George is smiling and nodding and waving. Turns out he's the boss. He's the person you're coming to see. Right? <laughs> so I made all that up. But um, that can happen. That can happen. We, my point is, human beings project. We project things onto each other, to situations to creatures you know we do it um, and it can keep us the problem is it keeps us or can keep us in a state of emergency with our um, heart rate up our digestion shutting down our immune systems compromised and that's a real problem when we've got a virus running around the planet so as as we move back into um, the possibility of having workshops and retreats and classes in person, um, I, I'm hoping that we can put our focus back on either being comfortable, meditating outside, or learning to be comfortable and the reason that I want to do that is that it can be amazingly healing it can be tremendously healing and one of the reasons is that there is harmony in nature um, yes there there are creatures running around and and bugs that bite and I mean there are all kinds of things that happen in nature but there is a an element of peacefulness and and a way that nature is very coherent I call nature the real world okay um, so our body responds to that which is why you may have heard of uh, the Japanese have a practice called forest bathing and in uh, the Zen tradition as well as other traditions there are beautiful gardens usually at the monasteries or the temples where people come to do retreats or just to pray or walk and sit in the garden and calm down um, so there are all these examples 
around the world of peace gardens, prayer gardens, labyrinths, um, and they are they are environments in which people can can calm down. Our whole system can recalibrate, and we can feel much more at home in the world and with ourselves. So, I, in honor of spring, it's it's coming, at least in the northern hemisphere, and um, winter is coming. <laughs> uh, no, fall is coming in the southern hemisphere. So we're finishing up winter in the northern hemisphere and heading to spring and they're finishing up summer in the southern hemisphere and heading toward fall and here of course fall in most of the northern hemisphere fall can be very beautiful so hopefully uh, if you're in the southern hemisphere your summer has not been too warm and you're looking forward to fall, okay? Because we're all looking forward to spring. So in honor of spring, I wanted to read to you from one of my favorite books. And it's, uh, I got a copy, I got a paperback copy for Christmas. So um, I'm just delighted with it. And I wanted to read just a little bit and share with you this person's uh, experience with trees. The book is called The Hidden Life of Trees. It's written by Peter Wolbin. He's German. And the subtitle is What They Feel, How They Communicate, Discoveries from a Secret World. So sometime in the 70s or the... Um, the early 80s, somewhere in there, uh, a book came out, I think it was by Peter Tompkins, uh, and it was called The Secret Life of Plants, and it was based on research that he had done into how plants uh, communicate with each other and how plants and humans communicate, or how plants respond to what humans think and feel. Okay, so this is The Hidden Life of Trees by Peter Wolben. Introduction to the English edition. And this, this edition, I believe, came out in 2016. When I wrote this book, I wanted to describe my experiences in the forest I manage in the Eiffel Mountains in Germany and record what the trees had taught me. As soon as the German edition of the book was published, it was clear that the story I had to tell struck a chord with many, many people. My message, though grounded in a forest I interact with almost every day, is a message that applies to forests and woodlands around the world. I am most familiar with the struggles and strategies of beeches and oaks, and with the contrast between deciduous forests that plan their own futures 
and coniferous forests planted for commercial gain. However, the struggles and strategies in forests left to their own devices and the tension created when forests are planted instead of evolving at their own pace are issues that resonate far beyond my experiences in Hummel. I encourage you to look around where you live. What dramas are being played out in wooded areas you can explore? How are commerce and survival balanced in the forest and woodlands you know? This book is a lens to help you take a closer look at what you might have taken for granted. Slow down, breathe deep, and look around. What can you hear? What do you see? What do you feel? My story also explains why forests matter on a global scale. Trees are very important, but when trees unite to create a fully functioning forest, you really can say that the whole is greater than its parts. Your trees may not function exactly as my trees do, and your forest might look a little different. But the underlying narrative is the same. Forests matter at a more fundamental level than most of us realize. Before you plunge into this book to find out what I have discovered just by stepping outside my back door, I want to tell you a story about Yellowstone National Park in the United States to show just how vital undisturbed forests and woodlands are to the future of our planet and how our appreciation of trees affects the way we interact with the world around us. It all starts with the wolves. Wolves disappeared from Yellowstone, the, wor the world's first national park in the 1920s. When they left, the entire ecosystem changed. Elk herds in the park increased their numbers and began to make quite a meal of the aspens, willows, and cottonwoods that lined the streams. Vegetation declined and animals that depended on the trees left. The wolves were absent for about 70 years. When they returned, the elk's languorous browsing days were over. As the wolf packs kept the herds on the move, browsing diminished and the trees sprang back. The roots of cottonwoods and willows once again stabilized stream banks and slowed the flow of water. This in turn created space for animals such as beavers to return. These industrious builders could now find the materials they needed to construct their lodges and raise their families. The animals that depended on the riparian meadows came back as well. The wolves turned out to be better stewards of the land than people creating conditions that allowed the trees to grow and exert their influence on the landscape. My hope 
is that the wolves' stewardship of natural processes in Yellowstone will help people appreciate the complex ways that trees interact with their environment, how our interactions with forests affect their success, and the role forests play in making our world the kind of place where we want to live. Apart from that, forests hide wonders that we are only just beginning to explore. I invite you to enter my world. So, um, there is such, um, amazing life and in my experience there's such um, a very authentic kind of calm and peace in forests in woodlands um, in the meadows that pop up in the midst of woodlands um, and one of the things I've noticed myself is that my entire system recalibrates itself when I give my time, myself time to be in nature. Whether it's beside a stream or sitting on a beach uh, or just in the trees with sunlight and butterflies flying around there's a just a peace and a calm there that uh, is difficult to replicate we can use our imagination to replicate that and our systems do respond definitely and we do that a lot in class and obviously we do it I do it on my podcast um so I hope this week we'll we'll do a meditation in just a minute and I hope this week that you're able to get outside that you're able to be around some trees which also function as oxygen factories. So when we are outside and we're meditating or walking through trees we're breathing very fresh oxygen we're also breathing in or absorbing negative ions because those are produced uh, as well and the 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 healing effects of sunlight are well known so obviously I'm highly recommending in case you hadn't noticed right I'm highly recommending that um, as our seasons change, as it warms up in the northern hemisphere and and cools off or uh, becomes, as the seasons shift in the southern hemisphere, that you're able to be outside more and that you'll take the opportunity to be with trees, to be with plants and to just soak up the beauty and the the life 
that is is outside with the you know with the virus we've we've been isolated and oftentimes we just haven't been outside as much as we might have been so I can highly recommend this in case you hadn't noticed right so let's do our meditation and um, I thought we could do uh, this is one of the most popular meditations in class and we call it either our heartwarming meditation or our sunshine meditation or whatever you want to call it but um, basically what we're doing is we're acknowledging and appreciating our hearts and the work that they do on the the um, the amazing strength and harmony that they have in their in the way that they function and your your heart may not beat perfectly you may have all kinds of conditions that you're trying to deal with um, and if you're still on the planet your heart is functioning enough to keep you here okay so thank you thank goodness for that thank your heart for that and I, I grew up with people who often would say, well, bless your heart, right? And it was something I, I was accustomed to hearing growing up, and it was something I loved to hear, that bless your heart. I thought that was great. And it's something I miss, and occasionally I'll, I'll be on the phone with somebody, you know, a support person or something from the deep south right and um, you know if they've been really helpful I'll say thank you so much you're very helpful very thoughtful or you know whatever and they'll say well bless your heart right <laughs> and that always makes me feel very much at home so wherever you are whatever you're doing bless your heart and bless all the good pumping it does so we know that a lot of feeling and and different frequencies flow through our hearts and we'd like to have have our hearts be like clear channels uh, for for warmth and um, love and kindness to flow through that into our world so that's one of the reasons that we do these meditations okay so wherever you are whatever you're doing stand up let's stand up let's move around stretch a little bit we're all sitting probably far too much so move around wiggle take some deep breaths flex your hands flex your toes wrinkle your nose right And then find a comfortable spot. Some place where you can be really comfortable. Might be sitting in your favorite chair. 
sitting on the floor, leaning against the sofa, lying on the sofa, whatever, wherever you're comfortable, okay? And I'm going to walk us into our meditation using our breath. Then we'll have about four or five minutes to meditate and be quiet. And then I'll walk us out using our breath. And one of the reasons that we do a short meditation is that we can benefit tremendously by doing two or three or even one short meditation a day compared to not doing one at all. So if what you can get into your day are two five-minute meditations, then you are doing a great deal of good for yourself and for those around you as well. So let's let ourselves be centered and calm and relaxed. you breathe in, following your breath all the way in down to your solar plexus, feel yourself becoming more centered, as you breathe out, following your breath out from the bottom of your lungs up past your heart through your throat and out into the space all around you allow yourself to relax as you breathe in following your breath down into your solar plexus. Feel yourself becoming more centered. And as you breathe out from the bottom of your lungs, following your breath up from your lungs, past your heart, through your throat, out into the space around you. Allow yourself to relax a little bit more. When you're feeling centered and relaxed and you're comfortable with your breath, then bring your awareness to your heart. Feel the rhythm, feel the power of your heart. Feel the power of its rhythm, pumping blood to every part of your body. Bringing fresh oxygen 
nutrients, picking up CO2, waste, and if you're comfortable, bring your hand to your heart. And using your imagination, or if you're sitting outside, feel the sun on your back or on your chest. Feel the warmth of the sunshine being absorbed into your chest. Feel that warmth coming in with your breath, warming your lungs and your heart and your throat, that warmth being carried, warmth and the light from the sun being carried to every cell of your body. And let yourself just rest with that warmth and light moving through your heart.
Now as you breathe in, following your breath, all the way down to your solar plexus, be aware of how centered you are. And as you breathe out, following your breath, all the way from the very bottom of your lungs up past your heart through your throat and out into the space all around you through your nose or your mouth be aware of how relaxed you are And as you're breathing out, when you're ready, gently open your eyes. Very good. Excellent. Excellent. So I hope you could feel, sense, the warmth of the sun, freshness of the air, the beauty and the power of your heart, the rhythm, like a little drumbeat that we carry around inside ourselves. That drumbeat, that rhythm is always there. And it can, can be very calming and stabilizing. So, have a wonderful week. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, take really good care of yourself. Remember to smile. People will wonder what you're up to. <laughs> and... And remember to breathe. We'll talk next week. Thanks for listening.